welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I am delighted that you are here. We have another hour of talking about the stories we live by right here in front of us. And maybe, maybe you are also writing your stories. Maybe they are now up live, public on your blog. Maybe you've been sharing stories in your writer's community. Maybe you're even thinking about joining in on the community that Alan Cohen and I are offering in May. Ooh, more news about that very, very soon. But I do hope you are feeling active in the story of your real life, even if you're not active in your writing at this moment. It is my intention to help you feel inspired to do exactly that. Today, we're going to talk about refuse to be confused. I want you to refuse to be confused. And that sort of goes along with learning how to not be moody, learning how to not fall out of the game so easily learning that it is natural to be of a few minds, but how might you work with the mind that is really on your side? I like to tell people that oftentimes we know exactly where our fearful mind is, but we don't know all of the interesting hats it wears. For example, somebody might know, well, the only reason I've been confused lately is because I've been afraid, but they don't know the exact type of fear they've been dealing with. And when you can start to recognize it, I like to think it's like meeting your fear at the door and letting it know it's not welcome here and you shut the door. And you align with something that works a whole lot better than fear. And that is the voice of love and acceptance and freedom and joy. So when you are on that side of the playing field, confusion just doesn't have the same power. We're going to get into talking about those different types of fearful confusion that you might run into, how to deal with them, how to move into your clarity, and really feel powerful about what you're doing with your life. If you are new to the show, I would love to welcome you. We're here every Thursday, 4 o'clock Pacific time on KKNW in Seattle, Washington, But I'm sure you've figured it out. You can listen from anywhere in the world. We are live 7 o'clock Eastern Time. And if you're one of those late people in London, it's midnight. And you're welcome to join in from anywhere you are. You can even listen to us on your AM dial in the car if you are in the Pacific Northwest. And you can also catch us on Fridays if Thursday didn't work out for you. We have an encore show, and that's early in the Pacific Northwest at 6 a.m. 
or for your 9 a.m. commute on the East Coast. And I just want to say thank you so much if you are someone who subscribes to the podcast. We have that on any of your favorite podcast platforms. My favorite one is Apple Podcasts. I know many people love Podcast One. You can even get it on Audible. I sometimes listen to the replays on Audible just to make sure I'm giving you a nice variety of content. Anytime you're confused or you want to offer me a little feedback, you can do so by sending me an email. I am the only one that reads and answers my email unless, of course, I'm deathly sick, and that really, really rarely happens. So write to me. I'd love to know what's on your mind. My email is debbie at coachdebbie.com. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. So just write to me, debbie at coachdebbie.com. And I'll get back to you within 48 hours, sometimes within 48 minutes, sometimes even quicker. But I will always get back to you. I also have a website, which is just coachdebbie.com. Of course, that's D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. And if you go to the page called Connect, you can leave me a little note, and I will get it that way. It'll also link you up with the newsletter that comes out a couple times a month. And the newsletter has my best pricings on writing workshops, on retreats, and also on one-on-one coaching. If you come through that way, you always get the best pricing. So check that out. What's coming up soon? Well, tomorrow I am having a virtual retreat. This is for the ladies. And this is all about tuning into your energy and helping your visions move closer and closer to you so you're not chasing after them. You're not trying to run and figure out how to make everything come true for you. You're actually working on a more energetic level so they are finding you and just happening. And man, oh man, the more I work on this, the more I find that I don't have to put out crazy heavy energy to enjoy the life I want. I can just be thinking about a place I really want to go and maybe contact someone that is in that city. And within a couple of weeks, I've got a whole trip planned. These are things that have been happening for me. And if they can happen for me, they can happen for you. The first step is to work on your energy. So that is what I am teaching people in tomorrow's virtual retreat. But I just got to let you know, you're running out of time to sign up. Today is Thursday, and by midnight today, Pacific time, we will be closing registration. So head on over to coachdebbie.com, 
click on connect and say, I want to come to the virtual retreat. Or just send me an email, D-E-B-B-Y at CoachDebbie.com. Same thing. I want to come to the virtual e- uh, retreat, virtual retreat. And I will get the link to you. And within seconds, you'll be all signed up. You'll meet up with nice people on Zoom. It'll be a intimate gathering. You don't have to get fancy. I happen to know there's plenty of people that attend wearing their pajama bottoms, if not their whole pajama outfit. And I just want to welcome you to join us. It's a lovely place to undo any confusion, but to also really get things going in your life. If you don't know how, it's a great place to learn. This one, just a reminder, is for the ladies. All right, let's move on with today's topic. Also, if you do want to call in and get some coaching today, our phone lines are open and Eric can easily connect us so we can have a conversation right here. The number is one 888 2985569. Alrighty. I'll also be checking my email to see if you send in any questions for me today. And it's often a good idea if you send them in during the first half of the show as opposed to the last several minutes of the show. Just a reminder, okay? I'd love to hear from you. So we're talking about refusing to be confused. Refuse to be confused. Here's hint number one. The only reason you ever feel confused is because some fear is run in your mind. And I like to name fears. I find if I can give fears a certain name, certain label, then I have a sense of how I'm going to deal with them. So I'm going to outline just a few fears that you might be well-versed with, or if not, I'm going to educate you on the different types of fear so you can identify the ones that are getting into your head and they're going a little wayward with your thoughts. When that happens, it often leads to a lot of confusion, but you can refuse this. You can refuse to have these voices of confusion and fear be your dominant voices. But the first step is to recognize them. So let's talk about one of those fear voices that perhaps you're familiar with. And it might surprise you that this is a fear voice, but I like to call it your rebel. Yes, it is your rebel. And who is the rebel? Well, this is a a sort of self-destructive type of fear because it's it's almost like a light switch that you turn on all by yourself, usually because you're more interested in going against certain rules than buying into certain rules. 
Now, you might know that Coach Debbie is a bit of a rebel herself. So, for example, when I need to notice that my rebel is kicking in, she's running the show, she's not letting me do things in a real productive way, one of the first things I go is, ah, I see I am up against some rules or some deadlines or some some people that are really fixed in their thinking, and I don't like it, right? I I go back to being about 14 years old, and I just hear my mind going, no, I'm not going to do it. No, I don't like it that way. Well, here's the thing. It's very natural to incorporate a rebellious side when you're feeling worried that you won't make a deadline or you're feeling worried that you can't play by someone else's rules or you're feeling really confused by how others do things because it's not the way you do things. This can wake up the inner rebel. But you're not a bad person for calling on the inner rebel to give you a little fun because it's not fun. Oftentimes, trying to figure out the rules and the deadlines set by others. So if you are locked into this, let me give you some tips on how to get out of it. Number one is to just notice that someone else, their rules, their deadlines, their ideas, someone else in your life feels more powerful than you. So how are you going to deal with this? Well, you might want to ask yourself, why did you agree to this deadline? I didn't understand for a long time in my life when a boss or someone else put a deadline in front of me, I had the complete right to say, I don't know if I can make that deadline and ask for a little more time. I literally didn't know that it was all right to say, especially to someone like a boss or when you're young, a parent, or I don't know, somebody that makes laws. I didn't know I could say, I I just don't think I can have that to you by tomorrow. How about Monday? I didn't know that was okay. So as soon as a deadline was slapped down in front of me, I would instantly feel stressed. Well, guess who comes to the rescue? When stress is turned on, the rebellion, because the rebellion will say, oh, don't you worry. We're not going to live by their rules. I mean, we'll figure out how to meet that deadline somehow. But first, we're going to go shopping. First, we're going to go to the beach. First, we're going to have some fun because it's scary to think about that deadline, (laughs) right? Do you relate to this? Well, if you do, the number one thing you want to do is realize the first place to take action is where that deadline was set, 
It's with that parent or boss or lawmaker where you say, I see that you want this by tomorrow. But when I look at my schedule, I'm thinking Monday, Monday, I could have it to you and really feel proud about the work I produced. If that's the truth, it is a thoughtful and clear boundary to offer up. It's just a thoughtful idea. Otherwise, you might get stuck in this notion that you have to perform with someone else's rules and someone else's ideas and someone else's deadlines. If they right away, as soon as they're they're put in front of you, they don't feel good, you know that rebellion is going to take you out maybe get you into a little crisis, spend an extra money, maybe keeping you up late at night because you were having a great time in the afternoon. You really, really, really want to just say the truth when that deadline or rule is being set in front of you. Because oftentimes, you're just afraid that if you say the truth, you'll be met with opposition. But I'll bet you, Nine times out of 10, you haven't even tried. Give it a try. Let people know the truth about you. Tomorrow is too soon, but Monday looks good. Could we do that? Oftentimes, a reasonable person is going to say yes. If you get a, a firm no, well, then you might know that this lawmaker or boss is only going to be with you for a short time because it's not smart for you to be in such an environment. It would make much more sense for you to move on in the near future, especially if their rules and their deadlines cause you such anxiety that you fall into being a rebel and it leads to confusion of why those tasks and those relationships just aren't going the way you want them to. Okay, that just gives you one idea to be thinking about. We're going to take a break. I got a few more ideas, so please stay tuned. You know Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. Transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just Sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I'm here to help you feel inspired about your writing and your self-expression. There's so many ways that you can get your message out in the world. 
It might be by creating short stories or a full-length book or a speech or singing a song. There's so many ways to express yourself. But if you're feeling confused, I want to help you find ways to refuse that confusion in the early stages of the game. I want to help you find your way back to your clear self-expression. So before the break, one of the things we talked about was how the rebel inside of you might jump up and take over and sort of sabotage your writing project, especially when it's given to you by someone in authority. What I also notice is that if you're not willing to step up and tell the person in authority when you really know you can meet the deadline and you really do understand the rules you can play by, if you're not willing to say that, often you will find that there's an inner rebel inside of you that's just always on the verge of sabotaging just about anything that you want to be creating. It's almost like you you take that inner rebel to the gym and get it all strengthened up instead of doing what would work best for you in the flow of life. And that is to let the people know, you know, this this deadline, this situation, these rules, I actually, I have a request for something else. There is nothing wrong with making a request. And if they can't meet it, then you know where you stand. A lot, a lot of writers begin by having jobs where they do writing. But what they find is that they never stood up and said what was true for them to the boss or to the project manager. So they come away thinking, gosh, I started this job thinking I was a good writer. And now every time I've got a writing project, you know, I'm out spending 400 bucks on shoes or I'm doing something crazy till all hours of the night and then cramming to get the work done so I can meet the deadline for the next day. What they've done is they've caused a lot of confusion for themselves. The truth is they knew right at the beginning, this deadline doesn't feel good to me. And that's when you speak up. That's when you say, I realize you'd like to have this tomorrow, but I'm thinking I need three more days. When you just put the truth out there, you're opening up the opportunity for other people to work with you on a truthful level instead of a scary, fearful place. And when you do that, then you are among this other set of writers that I tend to work with. And they come to me feeling empowered. They're ready to write the next thing. They're excited to get involved in the next project. Why? Because they know how much time it takes for them to do certain things. Because they know if I, as their coach, say, I think a week would work out well, and they know, mm, I know what my week looks like coming up. Can I ask for 10 days? 
you know, that's often the person that really is keeping themselves out of confusion and in a place of action. They're doing what it is that I want to see them do. And they're also meeting the goals that they want to see themselves set. So this is just a way of working away from fear, but also into what really truly works for you. Let's talk about this other one. I like to call this one the inner dictator. (laughs) Because maybe, maybe, maybe in some situation, you have either watched it in movies, so you're familiar with how a dictator works, or maybe you've been so unfortunate to have kind of a mini dictator in your own life. And the thought of letting anyone down is just massive, really, really massive. If that's you, then you have developed a very natural fear. And to get the job done is is not only scary to you, but you're probably at this point not even recognizing that at one time, the way to get you to work was to threaten you or to misuse you in some way. And now you've got sort of a mini inner dictator that comes up with dialogue in your head that's kind of threatening or really threatening. You might even have a dialogue that says something like, man, if you miss this next deadline, I bet you you get fired. I bet this is it for you. If you can't make, oh yeah, doom, doom, tomorrow for sure. You might have that voice in your head. Now, you're not wrong and you're not bad if you develop this voice. What you are is you're on a path of real courage here. And this is your opportunity to recognize that at some point you were very influenced by another person's power. And another person's power was in misuse with you. If you can accept that it was that way then, and it might require someone to help you out with this, but if you can accept that that truly was an experience of your past, you might find yourself in a situation where you can start to talk back to the inner dictator in your head. You might not be able to go back to the one from your past, but I don't know that you need to. I think the one you need to work with now is the one that lives in your head, the one that threatens you, scares you, tells you that all is gone, all is doom. It's over if you don't get it together really fast. It's a threatening voice. One of the threats that a client of mine had for quite some time, and this client was incarcerated for uh, from the ages of 18 to 32. 
And he had a certain warden that he was very, very afraid of. And the voice in his head was, I'm going to come and get you. I'm going to come and find you. And he said long after he could not get that voice out of his head, but he would see an image of an angry self in his mind. He didn't always associate it with that warden. Sometimes instead of the warden, he would see an image of himself really angry. And the voice would say, I'm going to come and get you. It was like this, this split between who he is today and this angry side of him that never got to work out how unfair it was that he had to endure that. So as his coach, we did some psychological working it out sort of stuff. I don't want to call it therapy. Might technically be, but we did. We worked it out for him because it was crippling his writing. What we had to notice is that even though he had done the work to see the warden is way back there at the jail and he, my client, never will be again, what he couldn't seem to separate from was how he had taken on this internal dictator voice. It even had his own face. So if this is something that you're going through, that you have taken on the mean voice that used to belong to someone else and it was a real thing or it was a thing you feared, what you really need to do is work with someone or work with yourself and rewrite the script. So when you start to see yourself all angry with devilish horns marching towards yourself, you need to have a script ready that says, hey, guess what? I actually know you're imaginary, and I actually know that you're here to carry on the work of the warden. But the warden's part of my past, and so you, you don't have any power. You have to start talking back to this voice. I had one of my own as well, because when I was in school, I was bullied a lot. And so I would find myself in situations where I was now in a new school, and I was no longer seeing the faces of the kids in my head, but I had adopted sort of this inner bully for myself. It was a very scary thing, feeling like I had turned on myself. Now that is going to confuse you to no end. You have to refuse this type of confusion. You are not against yourself. You are not against your writing career. You are not against having a book go out into the world. You're not against the idea of singing and expressing yourself. You're not against having a speech. You're not. But if you buy into the idea that a little part of you is allowed to be against you and it's allowed to take on a misusive and threatening voice towards you, 
if you do this, you're going to have to undo it to see progress. It's a very dangerous way of working with fear, adopting a voice that truly isn't yours. It's a very dangerous way of working with fear. You start to convince yourself that you are against yourself and that you have the right to be against yourself. You don't belong there. No one belongs there. And I'll just tell you, for most people, it leads to the road of addiction and some sort of escapism if you don't find the courage to either start writing new scripts or, and maybe and, get some help with that. It's a big deal. If if someone makes fun of you for having the dictator voice in their head, uh, they also have their own dictator voice in their head. I promise you that. Because someone who would make fun of you for that hasn't acknowledged their own dictator voice. And so what they're trying to do is turn it into comedy instead of really deal with it. What I want to remind you of is, oh, I see Julianne is writing in. I'm going to be right with you, Julianne, after the break. Uh, what I see happening for for people, and I really, I really want you to take this in, I see people that have so much talent. They have a fair amount of ambition, but they're not going forward on what they truly want to write, what they truly want to express in the world, because either their rebellious side or their dictator side has taken over. There's another side that is really dangerous, and I call this the couch potato. Now, this side looks really innocuous. Like, so what? I took the day off and I watched TV all day. So what? What's the big deal? Well, now that type can be one of the most dangerous types of all because they have completely convinced themselves that what they're doing, being a couch potato, being someone who's giving in to the fear voice of, I can be as lazy as I want for as long as I want. They're, they're really saying, my dreams don't matter. In fact, when you take a full day, I'd rather spend the full day wasting away than working on a dream. That person is in a dangerous spot. And again, like the dictator and like the rebel, they're probably setting themselves up for a good old addiction to kick in. I think being a couch potato in and of itself can become an addiction if you let it get out of hand. So I'm going to be helping you with that one when we come back after the next break. I also want to say, Julianne, I see that you have written in and I'm also just sort of glancing here. It looks like a long one. So I'm going to take a break. I'm going to see what you have to say, and I will respond to part, if not all, of your question. Y'all stay tuned. We're going to come right back. You know Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. 
transform your home or grow your income create any future you desire you'll learn the skills that allowed coach debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer teacher and especially as a person with low vision the membership doors are open just sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special simply go to coachdebbie.com that's coach d-e-b-b-y coachdebbie.com as a subscriber you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence and welcome back here this is story you talk radio and we are talking about refusing to be confused refusing to be in that place with your self-expression where you're not you're not feeling your creativity you're not aligned with your clarity you're letting that confusion take over for a lot of us it seems like i'm not letting it it happened it just happened that feels like the right answer but actually if it just happened then what it means is is that you've got some sort of habit working against you there is a side of you that is less rebellious there's a side of you that is not a dictator there's a side of you that is not a couch potato and if you don't know how to develop that side of you i encourage you to write to me to look up my retreats how i work with people one on one or even the community of events that i offer because you do not belong stuck in a rebellious or dictator or couch potato mode the mode i want you in is the one where you are aligning with a higher power or your higher consciousness your higher knowing your higher self now you have experiences with this part of you when you are at your best and when you are caring for yourself the most i first realized i was having this experience uh in my well one of the first times was in my 30s when i was taking a really challenging yoga class and i noticed that at the end of it we'd be lying flat on our backs in shavasana they they call it of uh, what is it like the dead pose or something like that <laughs> uh but you're just lying flat on your back you know your palms up your your legs a bit apart you're you're just you're just breathing and eyes closed there's nothing you have to do and i would find after this incredible 90 minute workout i felt amazing i felt refreshed i felt energized i mean how could i feel energized after working my body that hard i felt ready to take things on i wasn't confused about anything i mean i was having myself an experience i don't technically know if that's the state of endorphins kicking in but i can tell you i was connected to this higher brain it was a great time for me to leave the yoga studio 
go to the nearest coffee shop, open up my journal, and write my latest ideas. They were usually really good. Nothing got in my way. That's one way that I was able to open up that higher consciousness. Another way for many people, for myself as well, is to partake in intimate social events. Just last night, I went over to see Marsha and Don, and we had our own little vision board party. We had the magazines out and the glue and the magic markers. They cooked a yummy dinner. It was just the three of us and two cats. There was no TV on. There were no phones out. It was just us and our imagination running wild, having a great time putting our visions up on the board. There were even times where none of us really said anything for about 15 minutes or so because we were so engrossed in our higher consciousness and how it was relating to these images we were seeing and selecting and putting on the boards. This is how it works. When you invite in the higher consciousness, you don't really have to do anything except follow it. It's amazing, but what you need to do is figure out the easiest path to be with it. And once you figure that out, you'll start to have ways that you can connect more and more and more and more. So why don't you make a list? For me, I would start with knowing that when I have a really great workout, like a a 90-minute yoga class that really challenges me, man, at the end of that, I have a clear mind. When I go on a great long walk and it's warm outside and I've really gotten into about the three to four mile point, I really feel like my ideas, they're just crisp. They're right there. They're ready for me. I'm not confused one bit. How about you? How about when you're with your intimate friends and you're doing vision boards, you're having a nice dinner? How about when you are hanging out with your kids or your grandparents? How about when you are on vacation? Have you noticed that some of your best ideas come to you while you're having a great vacation? I'm not confused about anything while I'm having a great vacation. I might need a map or two to keep me navigated well, but when I'm just with my thoughts, that dictator, that rebel, that couch potato, she doesn't have any control none at all. And I find that my clients tell me the exact same thing. When we're engaged with that couch potato, that dictator, that rebel, or whatever label you recognize as fear, you're as far as you can get from your higher consciousness because that part of you really loves you, is really clear is really supportive, really creative. They're on board. They're aligned with you. They're actually what is moving your life 
one day at a time forward. It's this other thinking we do that stumps us up on the days. So with all that said, I want to move over here to what Julianne sent in. Uh, I think it's right on par with our topic today. She says, I almost didn't write in because I was worried this was too personal, but I do remember you had said once, it's the personal stuff that we all relate to. So here goes. I used to feel so creative when I was single. Only recently did I notice in my three years of marriage so far, I'm feeling really competitive, especially with my husband. I have a job, as you know, where I do a fair amount of writing. I don't have to write at night. All of it is contained at work but I find myself getting really competitive with my husband anytime he asks me how work is going or anytime he asks me if I'm going to go after that next promotion. It wasn't this way when I was single. I heard you say in the early part of the show that it is the rebel that keeps us from moving forward, I guess, but I think there's something else in me that I can't quite identify. I'm wondering if this makes any sense. Again, I know it's really personal. Actually, I'm just going to stop right there. It is personal, but it's also, Julianne, it's also something that we all deal with. So I'm just going to deconstruct this for you for a moment here. We're talking about the fact that it's, it's easy to be confused if we're afraid. And it's almost impossible to be confused if we're really in our higher consciousness. Now, you're saying to me that in your single days, you noticed that writing was something that flowed a little more. But in the last few years of marriage, um, the person you're competing with is your husband. So maybe there's some rebellion going on. I don't know. Maybe there is some dictatorship. I don't know. But I do know this. And I, I really, I want you to kind of lean into this. This might be a little hard to hear, but I think this is what's going on. I think it's possible that your creative side is not, is not, supported as much uh, as it was when you were single. And what I mean by this is by you. I think it's possible that you as a single person knew how to be creative because you were supporting yourself. You were supporting Julianne. And now just check in with this. Tell me if this might be true. Are you anticipating that your husband is now the person who provides that support? Because I'll tell you this, if he's not doing it exactly the way you're used to and as good as you were able to support yourself before you knew him, well, he's going to let you down. You're going to blame him and you're going to compete with him because what you want 
is creativity. What you want is the support to just be you. So I'm I'm actually going to put my cards on the idea that, that that might be what's going on. And I speak from some experience here, Julianne, because that's a dangerous, slippery slope for me and for a lot of my clients. When they're in those early honeymoon and early days beyond the honeymoon phase, they're kind of thinking that honey, honey is going to give them what they knew to offer themselves in the single days. I knew to really be my best friend as a writer in my single days. You should have seen me get all competitive when me and my hot number got together in the early days and he just wasn't supporting me the way I thought he should. You know, I had to have a couple conversations with him about that. And I think it was possibly him that said, I don't know if it's my job to give you all this support. I mean, I'm happy to support you, but you're kind of asking for a lot here. And uh, he was right. He was right. I wasn't seeing it. I had somehow transferred all that support that I had just naturally given myself for a long time to him. I just decided it was up to him. Why not? I'll just take a break here and he can support me and then I'll make it easy. Now it made it competitive. So Julianne, test that out. I, I know I'm being kind of a I'm kind of being a hard nose here, coach, and I I I hope I don't lose you. <laughs> but I I think it's possible that that's what you're up against. But I also think you can quickly turn it around. Because if you recognize that you're outsourcing your support and you're expecting others, specifically your spouse, to fill in in the wonderful way that you have done a particular job, well, you can change that right now. You can reclaim that that job is for you and you will gladly accept any extra support that he gives you. But truly, truly, the main job falls on you. Now, there's a caveat to this, and that is you're in a loving relationship where at any moment you are allowed to go to your spouse and say, may I ask for your support in this particular thing? I mean, it's great to keep those lines of, open communication going, because if you don't, you start to get in some of that uh, weird telepathic mode where they might not even be receiving the message. It's really not up to them to receive it. So can you do that, Julianne, where you realize, number one, the, the support crew comes from you. But one of the jobs that you have as being your number one supporter is when you need a little more support, you know who to ask. And you ask for it kindly. You ask for it from a place of love. You don't ask for it from a place of a, a rebel or a dictator. You just say, hey, honey, I got this one thing I'm working on at work. And I just want to ask you if you can be a little supportive of me this week. It's uh, It's got me feeling a little nervous, and I'm supporting myself, but 
I think I'd really enjoy just a little extra boost from you. And my guess is he'll say, yeah, I got you. And if he starts to get defensive, you just pour on more support and say, I know, I know. I know you're real good at it. Just ask him for a little extra. Can you give me a little extra? I'd love it. Maybe he doesn't know how. Maybe you're going to have to spell that out. But really, 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 really take in the fact that anytime competition is in the room, we, I, it is in I, it is in me, it is in our head that we're the ones that lost for a moment our creativity and picked up the game of competition, the fastest way to get back into creativity and leave confusion and competition behind is to be your very own number one supporter. And how do you do that? You pay attention to where your highest consciousness is in action. And you look for that. Now, I just told you that mine is often available when I've had a heavy-duty workout, and I can't be working out 12 hours a day to have that. But what I can be doing is noticing that after a heavy-duty workout, I want to be writing down my ideas. I want to be doing things that help me be creative, because if I've got it written down, I can come back to it any time I need. It works for me. I bet you it's going to work for you. So refuse to be confused. Bring in your highest consciousness. Let that loving side of you nourish you. Let it resonate with you. Let it give you points. Let it help you stay clear. Let it help you feel creative. If you need more of that, I'm always, always here to be your support. Write to me at coachdebbie.com. That's D-E-B-B-Y. And I will see you back here on Thursday. Namaste, my friend.